This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Off the Rail show on the OFD podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, site manager, emperor, supreme warlord, and defender of the faith over at OneFootDown.com on the Espanation Network. And hey, just... Uh, just thought I'd squeeze in one of these off the rail episodes. I know it's a little, little quick after uh, our regular OFT podcast and one that got uh, completely <laughs> derailed uh, with JFK conspiracy talk. Um, but in that, I guess in the same spirit of conspiracy talk, I wanted to have a, a conversation, an episode, uh, you know, for y'all today. What is the Notre Dame football date that you obsess over? the most which date in history do you look back and think oh man or awesome or whatever I mean what what date in Notre Dame history do you think about the most now I imagine a lot of you have there's you know there's a a large handful um, have you know a couple of games in particular a couple of dates uh, how about November 20th, 1993, Boston College? That's a pretty popular one. It's a game that still gets talked about to this day. Uh, or October 15th, 1988, Miami, <coughs> excuse me, the Miami Hurricanes. That's, again, another very popular game that still gets talked about to this day. Or January 1, 1989, the day that, Joshua Voles moved to the state of Ohio. So, yeah, I have cursed uh, cursed Notre Dame for sure uh, with my move from Fort Wayne to Hicksville. But 
that's neither here nor there. But that's a you know that's a great day, the the win against West Virginia in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, I mean, people obsess over that '88 season quite a bit still. I mean, they're usually older than me, but uh, but it's still a large handful. Um, <clears throat> one that's uh, really old. Uh, looking at November nineteenth, nineteen sixty six, the ten ten tie with Michigan State, the you know game of the century. That's the game of the century for the the uh, ninety three um, Florida State game. There's a lot of there's quite a few dates. I mean Notre Dame's had quite a few great games, great wins, horrible losses, like gut wrenching losses. Within the, the the history of the program, there's been just an absolute ton of them. But there's one date for me that I consistently look back to, and quite honestly, had things gone different, it affects the program today, right now, this very moment. Now you can the the dates I mentioned. You know, there's other things there for obvious reasons. I'm not sure, for example, I'm not sure if Notre Dame beats Boston College in 93. And, like, look, I claim them as a national championship anyway. So does Notre Dame. They claim them as a co-championship. But for argument's sake here, if Notre Dame beats Boston College and then goes to a bowl game, wins that, and they're, you know, the 1993 AP national champions – I don't know if that affects Notre Dame at all in today's world. I don't know if that has any bearing on Notre Dame today. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I would tend to think that it does not in today's, in today's world. Um, you know, maybe the, you know, the Miami game just, in today's world, these games, the games I just listed are, are just, kind of way far off, you know, too far off really to to really say for any certainty that there there is a massive effect on today's game. And I guess that's what I look at. Like, why am I obsessing over a certain date? Why do I look at that date and just like, Ugh! and it's because it would affect this program, our program today. Now, just because I believe that it affects the program quite a bit today doesn't mean that I wish that the program was different right now, per se. I mean, it just, it, you know, the butterfly effect, you know, it, it could change a lot of things. But the date that I'm talking about and the date that I cannot get out of my mind, it has been there for a decade, is November 17th, 2012. Without question. Notre Dame went into the day ranked number three in the country. The number one team in the country was the Kansas State Wildcats. The number two team in the country was the Oregon Ducks. Notre Dame had to face Wake Forest that day at a three o'clock game. Notre Dame wiped them out 38 nothing. It was senior day. It was as easy as a win as you'll see. It was boring. It was, there was nothing to it at all. I mean, we're talking, you know, the 38 points was scored all in the first three quarters. No points scored in the fourth quarter at all. It was 
what it was. <laughs> it, was, a, it, was a, it was a senior day blowout against an inferior team. It was a um, a five and five Wake Forest uh, football team at that point. Across the way, though, so Notre Dame gets that win. Feeling pretty good. You know, this is back in the BCS era. We're still, you know, playing that if so-and-so loses, it's not, you're trying to get in that top two slot. And number three, Notre Dame's sitting in, in a good in good shape, right? You got your love, you got one game left. You got to go out to USC. USC definitely was, you know, certainly vulnerable. They were a very good USC team. But you got to get that win. They got it. And convincing enough fashion. As boring as the game kind of was, 38-0 is pretty convincing. That's good for the pollsters. Again, Notre Dame's just trying to position themselves to be in the top two to get in the BCS National Championship game. So now you have two games start at 8 o'clock at night, a couple primetime matchups. You have unranked Baylor hosting the number one team in the country and the Kansas State Wildcats. And then just a little farther west, you have the Oregon Ducks taking on the Stanford Cardinal in Aut- at Autzen. And, you know, Notre Dame had that memorable memorable game uh, against Stanford, you know, just a few weeks earlier in the rain, the goal line stand, the, the, the whole nine. Uh, and Stanford came into the game ranked number 13. You know, they were eight and two, um, trying to climb their way back into, um, you know, top 10 status. And, you know, it was, was very much the Stanford team that, we, I mean, this is still, you know, kind of early on for Stanford, but I mean, this is very much a physical uh, Stanford team. Great defense, running, y'all remember it. Uh, and Oregon was, you know, the the kind of um, the finesse spread, use the speed, uh, you know, kind of an offense. So anyways, this date turned things completely upside down. Notre Dame gets that 38 nothing win. You're in Waco, and it was just, it's a bloodbath in Waco, and I don't, <laughs> maybe I should have used my words a little differently there, uh, but Baylor ends up winning this thing 52-24. They put up the 52 points in the first three quarters. No points were scored between either team in the in the fourth. I mean, it was, it was a flat-out ass whooping. I mean, just a pounding. Um, Baylor put up 580 yards of total offense to Kansas State's 3-6 like 362, it was just, it was, it was a trouncing. They got fucking curb stomped. And, and, you know, I think that game ended, I'm pretty sure that game ended before uh, Stanford, Oregon. And so as Notre Dame fans, we're ecstatic, right? This is, um, this help, this, this will catapult Notre Dame, you know, the top two in the rankings, and, you know, we're kind of like sitting in the driver's seat. Awesome. You know, let's just say number two. <laughs> that game up at Autzen, that bad boy goes into overtime. You know, with what, a minute left in the game, about a minute and a half left in the game, Stanford scored a tying, uh, tying touchdown to make it 14, 14 all. 
Uh, they go into overtime, and you know Stanford gets the gets a seventeen fourteen win in overtime. It was off a thirty seven yard field goal or whatever it was, and all of a sudden, we're not, Notre Dame is going to be number one. I remember getting a phone call from uh, from Wes Irish Tightness. Uh, we're damn near in tears. Uh, that you know we were we debated about driving up to South Bend. We wanted to go celebrate, you know, light up Grace Hall. We wanted to go celebrate and be happy. The fact that Notre Dame was number one, it was the first time since 1993 that Notre Dame football had been ranked number one. And, yeah, I mean, obviously they didn't rank them right after the games that day, but that's what was going to happen. You know, number one, number two, both go down. Notre Dame's number three. There's no way but up. By the way, Alabama sitting at number four. I think Georgia was sitting at number six, maybe, or five. Um, maybe it was number five. Both of them won big. That was the SEC's uh, SoCon weekend. So you knew the the catapult was coming. Notre Dame was going to be number one. And it just, it felt absolutely amazing, right? Like, if you remember this, and this is, you know, almost, almost a decade ago. So there's a lot of Notre Dame fans that don't, you know, that are, I don't know, man. If you're if you're 21, 22, and listen to this, you may not quite remember, and you sure as shit don't didn't have the feeling that guys my age, uh, I'm 43 at the moment, guys my age had at that moment, the the long wait, the almost 20 year wait to get back to the top of the rankings. Uh, it's it was thrilling. wasn't even a word. Was is not even a word that comes close to describing what was going on with within the fan base. And it was amazing, right? That feeling. We, you know, we're that week, Notre Dame's number one. They go, you know, go out to LA, you get that win against SC, you know, you're you're 12 and 0, dancing on their field, heading to the ship. And Again, it just is not a there's it is not a feeling that Notre Dame fans have had in 20 years. It's just it was just incredible the amount of mojo. You know that season was incredible. Uh, the close wins, the just the the gutsy way they did it, the Heisman campaign from Teow, just you know the 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 funny stuff about Tommy Reese being a closer. Uh, Golston starting. It, it just, it was an amazing season. And you finish it up going to the ship undefeated. Then, you know, you get to the ship, you got to face Alabama, one of the greatest Alabama teams of all time. And you just get absolutely fucking housed. Teow, you know, was probably having some panic attacks about, you know, people finding out that he got catfished. Uh, and not to say that if that didn't happen, he wouldn't have had a crap game, but I mean, it certainly didn't help. Uh, and, but, <laughs> but it wasn't just that it was just Alabama was that much better than Notre Dame. Notre Dame was not going to beat Alabama that night. And I, you give us 50 chances. I don't know if Notre Dame wins one of those. It's just, it, it was that good of an Alabama team. And the reason I obsess over this date so much, so often, is because 
if you think about it, they were so close to playing in a national championship game against a non-Alabama team. And Kansas State is the one that that I get pissed off the most because now it could have been Oregon, right? They were they were ranked two. But Kansas State, you're the number one team in the country. So if they beat Baylor, they finish out their season undefeated. They're going to the BCS championship game and Notre Dame's to play Notre Dame. How would you feel about Notre Dame versus Kansas State in 2012? Well, buddy, I feel pretty good that for over a decade, or for about a decade now, I've talked as much shit as I can about that game. Notre Dame plays Kansas State in 2012. Notre Dame fucking rolls them. They absolutely steamroll them. Without question. I don't care if 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 Tao broke his leg before the game. Notre Dame rolls that Kansas State team. And that's a national championship. Now, why is that more important to me than the 80 than January 1st, 1989 or the Miami win in 88 or the BC loss in 93? Because if that's if that happens, if Kansas State beats Baylor on that night instead of losing and we have that that path to the Notre Dame Kansas State BCS National Championship game, Notre Dame wins that the entire identity of Notre Dame changes at that point moving forward. They are a modern era national champion, a BCS era national champion, which is, um, you know, important even, even now going into the playoffs, it's still important even now to have, you know, I mean, I understand, you know, Tennessee's got it in there, but it, it, it's still important to be like, to not have like multiple decades between, and this is still 10 years ago. But there's all sorts of other stuff that goes on with that, right? Like Brian Kelly was shopping for a new job in the NFL before the BCS National Championship game against Alabama. You know, if Notre Dame wins that, maybe he gets an offer. I mean, this guy just took Notre Dame, who, you know, just a few years earlier was three and nine, was was a program that had just been on its ass and this man came in, and in three years, he did what Notre Dame national championship coaches do, and that's win a national championship. That's the sign of a great coach, right? So say Notre, so Notre Dame wins a national championship, maybe maybe Brian Kelly's going to the NFL. And that's, and that's the thing that I obsess over. Then it's like, who takes over the team in 2013? What does Notre Dame look like now? You know, I can guarantee you that if, if that happened, you pro, you know, it's Marcus Freeman is the head coach of Notre Dame right now because of a confluence of events. It just, it all like, it all led that way, right? Like by magic. But you win the national champ, if Kansas State beats Baylor that night, they go to the, they get to the national championship game against Notre Dame. Notre Dame steamrolls them. Brian Kelly takes an NFL job. Who takes over in 2013? Who? I I mean I have no idea. But and then where does Notre Dame go from there? Is it a good hire? Is it a terrible hire? Do they are they? You know, we're, Notre Dame right now is projected to be the number six team in the country in the AP poll come the start of the season. Are we there? We've won. Notre Dame has won double digit games every year since two thousand seventeen. 
take the 2016 season away and you got your another one there in 2015. I mean, it's just the program is on the up and up. Are they still on the up and up? Have they, is, you know, would they have won multiple national championships after that? Brian Kelly bounces and you get another coach coming in. Maybe he just, you know, completely um, puts this thing in overdrive. Or again, it could be a bad hire and they take an absolute nosedive. I don't know. But the reason why this date is so, is so mm, stuck in my head is because of how close in proximity it is. And really, again, how much it could have changed Notre Dame today. How different the conversation about Notre Dame, and even nationally. You can't, you know, this, this whole irrelevance thing. And the 2012 season was all driven off of the, the entire irrelevant article, right, from, uh, from What's-His-Nuts at Sports Illustrated. That drove the whole season. Cap got on the phone to call him about that, you know? So that's why it's in my head because then, you know, you, this is a national championship caliber program and would have had, had been for the last decade. Does that change recruits minds over the last decade? Does who, who comes to Notre Dame instead of, well, you know, who do they lose out on that they could have got all sorts of things? You know, where is the program now? And I, so I just obsess over that. And I curse the ground that Kansas State walks on for screwing us over like that. I, I think about that way more than any other, any other date in Notre Dame history. And, I, and I, I'll bring it up. And, you know, Kansas State fans take a lot of offense to it. Uh, and they fully believe that, uh, <laughs> that they would have steamrolled Notre Dame. It's, uh, you know. It's just them being them. They went out and got got hammered by Oregon in the bowl game, but it's just it's just that date, man. I can't get it out of my head, and I think a lot of it had to do with that feeling on November seventeenth, two thousand twelve. That that night, late into the evening, early morning hours, that feeling of finally, finally, Notre Dame was back. Finally, it wasn't a September Sports Illustrated cover. It was finally we're back. And it felt great. It carried again, it carried over into the trip to L.A. It carried in over that entire month. uh, Plus leading into the national championship game. The the vibes around the, the fan base, the program was just it was absolutely incredible. And that's why I would like to feel that way again. And to, to, to know, to think that if just one other thing would have happened that night that didn't happen, if the thing you were wishing for, because let's face it, going into that day, you're hoping Stanford and Baylor lose. And why not? You want them to lose and then Notre Dame gets to be number one. Yay. But if they just would have won, this whole thing would have been taken care of. And that's that. So let me know what you think. Get on over to the comment section. Tell me what date you think is uh, <laughs> is the most important. I will live and die by this. Again, it's only a decade long. So let me know what you think. And uh, 
we'll take a, and we'll talk about it. Thanks again, and as always, go Irish. <laughs>